Welcome to the April 20th, 2012 episode of the Harvard Medical Labcast, science that's changing your world. This podcast is produced in Boston by Harvard Medical School's Office of Communications and External Relations. I'm Alyssa Neller. This week, I had a chance to chat with Jack Shostak, an HMS professor of genetics at Massachusetts General Hospital. Shostak shared the 2009 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for work he completed in the 1980s on the protective caps at the ends of chromosomes, but he hasn't worked on those protective caps in years. In fact, he completely shifted fields in the early 1990s. I began by asking about his current research. So now my lab is focused pretty much entirely on questions about the origin of life on the early Earth. And what inspired that change in direction? The change in direction was gradual, but it was really inspired by a couple of things. The area of telomere biology and yeast genetics that I used to work in was getting increasingly crowded. And the telomeres are those protective the, caps. Right, the telomeres are the ends of chromosomes. And about that time, there was the very exciting work from Tom Chak and Sid Altman and others about catalytic RNA which really completely changed the way people were thinking about the origin of life. You could have a much simpler view of what the first cells looked like. So you didn't have to worry about DNA. You didn't have to worry about proteins. All of inheritance and function could potentially be taken care of by RNA molecules. Not too many people were going into that field, so it seemed like kind of ideal situation, not competitive, but lots of interesting questions. So you've actually mentioned that you're not temperamentally competitive. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least, you know, not in a sense of direct competition. I don't like to do things that I think other people either are doing or will be doing. Uh, it's just more uh, interesting and more relaxing to try to think of different things. Are there any uh, surprising similarities between the work that you used to do on telomeres and the work that you're now doing on RNA and origins of life? You could draw parallels, I think, between, uh, say, the work on artificial chromosomes, where we're really trying to build a structure. And what we're doing now is trying to build a simple cell. You know, we think we have at least a picture of you know what the ingredients are, how they should go together. So the way to test the ideas, again, is to build something and see how it works. So the way you're actually approaching the problem is, is similar in that you're building a model of something. Right, right. You know, my father was an aeronautical engineer, and so perhaps some of that rubbed off on me. Perhaps this was, there was this idea of you know making real things and testing them and seeing how they work. And what have you learned from those models that you've been building with the simple cells? We've learned really a lot by trying to, to build simple cells. The part of the work that's gone the furthest is building primitive cell membranes. So there the question is, you know, how does the cell membrane grow? How do primitive cells divide before they have all the machinery of modern cells? So... Just from very, very simple lab experiments, we now have multiple ways that we can drive growth and multiple ways in which we can cause division to happen purely as a result of simple physical and chemical phenomena. And how close are we to actually having that entire package of a simple cell that you've created in the laboratory that's capable of dividing and perpetuating 
genetic material? Right. So genetic material is the big missing thing. So most of our work now is actually devoted to trying to understand how RNA or maybe related molecules could be copied so they could replicate before you had enzymes to, to drive that process. So again, I think we're making a lot of progress. There's a long list of problems that have to be overcome. We have answers for some, ideas for others. I'm pretty optimistic, though, that in a few years we'll be able to, to get complete replication of some kind of genetic material. And if you do succeed, what will that mean? The, the um, next important thing would be to make sure that everything works together, right? So the, the growth and division of the cell membrane, the replication of the genetic material, if, if these all work together, we want to see, and I think we will be able to see, the spontaneous evolution of new functions. To me, that would be recapitulating a really important part of the origin of life. So, so that would be very satisfying. Did you just want to kind of leave it at satisfying, or does that... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in my optimistic moods, I think that this might provide somewhat of a counterweight to all of the arguments raised by you know, creationists or intelligent design people or religious people in general, you know, who think that the problem is too hard and requires some magical or supernatural explanation. So uh, to me, having a simple natural process would be much better. So say five to 10 years you succeed in accomplishing the goal that you set out to with this Origins of Life project in your lab. Do you see a new field in your future? <laughs> I've been pretty busy just trying to keep up with all the different subfields that I need to do this work. I, you know, I would really, really like to get to the point of watching new functions evolve spontaneously. And, you know, so apart from thinking a bit about what those might be, I, I, I haven't really gotten beyond that. <laughs> To learn more about Shostak, watch for the Spring 2012 issue of Harvard Medicine Magazine, where you'll find a Q&A with him. Find it online next month at harvardmedicine.hms.harvard.edu. This podcast is a production of Harvard Medical School's Office of Communications and External Relations, and we'd love to hear your comments on this program. Tell us what you think and see what other listeners are saying at hms.harvard.edu podcasts. To learn more about Harvard Medical School, its academic and research programs, and its affiliated hospitals and research institutes, visit hms.harvard.edu.